So when I was um, praying about what to speak about tonight, because it's sort of at the moment where we haven't got a particular theme um, until we have Vision Sunday, and so God really spoke to me about freedom. Now, I guess you might think, well, freedom, we, you know, why do you need to speak to us about that? We live in a free country. It's probably one of the freest countries in the world. We have freedom of speech. We have freedom of religion. We have a lot of freedom in our country. Would you agree? We're very blessed in Australia, aren't we? We live in such freedom. And we often talk about that. We often say thank you to God for the freedom that we enjoy And yet God said to speak about freedom. And so I guess what I'm going to talk tonight is not about sort of like the freedom of living in Australia, but the freedom that Jesus talks to us about. And I want us to look at John 8, 31 to 36. This is the passage. If you have your Bible or your phone, or you can look to the screens and and, um, follow. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We're Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has, to, has no permanent place in the family, but if a son Sorry, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I want to read that last verse there, 34 to 38, from the message. It says, Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is in fact a slave. A slave is a transient who can't come and go at will. The son, though, has, has an established position, the run of the house. So if the son sets you free, you are free through and through. Now, the freedom that Jesus is talking about here is not just freedom from individual sins or perhaps certain acts of wrongdoing. He's talking here about freedom from the sin nature. So what is the sin nature? You might think, you know, I don't do much wrong. I don't think I've got a sin nature. But uh, you only have to look at a little child. And um, if you've seen a child when they're maybe even before they're one. I remember this day I was at my sister's place and um, Ezekiel, who's one of her eight children, was sitting at the table and he was was about ten months and he was sitting in the high chair and uh, he went to touch the glass on the table which had water in it. And so, of course... You know, Hazel, my sister, said, you know, not to touch it. And he looked straight at her and he went (laughs) like that. And so she said to him, no, Ezekiel, you are not to touch it. And so straight at her again, looking straight in her face, he puts his hand out. It went on and on. He was getting smacked. I was nearly crying because he wouldn't stop. But he, it was until the smacking hurt enough to make him stop that he actually stopped. He was just... That's what sin nature is. It's this thing within us that makes us want to do our own thing. Regardless of what we're told, even if it's for our own benefit, we have this desire to do our own thing. That's what the sin nature is. It doesn't mean you're breaking the law, but it's doing your own thing. It's a condition that we are actually born with. And it's something that's really difficult to deal with. I know myself, it's something that you could think, you know, 
don't do this or do this, and you can say it to yourself, and then you find yourself doing opposite to what you think you should be doing. And Paul talks about this in Romans 7. He says, have a look, listen to this, verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Can you identify with that sometimes when there's this tug of war that goes on within you? And, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be something evil. I'm not even talking about that. It could be thoughts. It could be saying something about someone. You think, I shouldn't say that. And then before you know it, you're saying it. And it's that sort of that, that tug of war within you that you're sort of, you battle with. I do what I don't want to do or I don't do what I want to do. And so this is like, it's a difficult battle. And this is, this, this is going on within us. And so the freedom I'm talking about is a freedom that sets us free from that battle, all right? A freedom that sets us free within. And here in this verse, Jesus makes probably one of the most amazing inspirational claims in history. Consider the incredible hope in this promise of Jesus. He says, he can set you free. He said, if you want to be free... You can be free. The truth will set you free. Now, I'm sure you've all experienced what it's like to be in bondage to something, you know, or even someone where you feel like bound by them. You know, chains keep people bound. They're things like fear. Fear is probably a great one that keeps us bound. Or poverty. Some people are bound by poverty, doubt. Maybe even... um, Insecurity, bitterness. Bitterness is something where people just hold this resentment against someone else and can't forgive it. Or uh, maybe um, some sort of dependency, be it emotional or spiritual or physical. Whatever you categorise your slavery as, the result is the same. We, the result of this is that we fail to experience the abundant life in Christ the one that he promises. He says to us, you will have life to the full. And when we let these things, doubt, fear, um, anger, insecurity, bitterness, when we let these things take a hold of us, we miss out on the abundant life that God has for us. But you know, to every one of us, Jesus offers freedom. His freedom is not a political state. It's not something to do with the country we live in. It's not even about changing your outward circumstances. People think, if I'm out of this circumstance, then I'll be free. It's not even about that. Because wherever you are, 
you can be free wherever, whatever situation you find yourself in. I mean, Paul was on the road to Damascus ready to kill Christians and that's where God stepped in and set him free. The prodigal son who'd left his father, taken all his money, he was in a pig pen. Not a great circumstance, but that's where he found freedom. Peter was in, the, in a boat fishing. There was a woman drawing water from a well. And another woman who was caught in adultery, that's where she got set free. And there was the thief on the cross next to Jesus being executed. And it was at that moment that he found freedom. So it's not your circumstances that dictate your freedom. It's not dependent upon that. Or it's not even dependent upon what has led you to that situation. You could say, you know, because of this, my past, my situation, this has placed me in this. It's none of that. Our freedom doesn't, is not based on our past, what we've done. It's based on the truth. It's based on the truth. You know, Jesus can set you free in a marriage without getting a divorce. You can be free even if you're struggling within the marriage. Jesus can set you free when you're overdrawn at the bank without even making a deposit. Jesus can set you free from your past failures without you needing a removalist truck. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that when you are set free that your circumstances may not change. In fact, sometimes Christ leads us to change our circumstances. The difference is, is that what we gain is spiritual freedom. And Jesus is more concerned about setting our soul free than changing our external circumstances. He wants to set us free. Because when you're set free, you have the power to change your circumstances. Because when he is within us, it says in Ephesians that the power that is at work within us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that set him free from sin and death. That power is at work in us who believe. Now that's some power, isn't it? And that power at work in us will then enable us to change our circumstances and help us, not our power. We are weak, but he is strong. Now if we look back to verse 32, Jesus says that we will be made true. How? What's going to set us free? His truth, he said, and the truth will set you free. Freedom isn't like, now I can do anything I want. It's not that sort of freedom. Because it is found in his truth. And when you search out his truth and know what he says, and that's where you're going to gain your freedom, then that will help you know how to live. And as we keep close to Jesus, as we learn more about him as we we use the word abide in him as we listen to what he's saying as we seek his truth then we're going to walk in closeness with almighty god and you know what 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 slavery or sin does it keeps us separated from god that's the enemy's plan if he can keep us separate to the truth then we're going to live in a state of feeling trapped. We're going to live in a state of bondage. But when we come close to Jesus and we walk close to him and we hear his truth and we know what he's telling us, that's when we are going to find and walk in freedom. And the things of the world will not keep us enslaved. Now, Christ is the only one 
who can bring us into that relationship. He's the only one. And that's why we need him. So we don't have to live as a slave to things of the world because Christ, because of the truth that he brings to us, he sets us free. You might think, now it sounds pretty simple. So it's just like, come to Christ, you'll be set free. Why don't more people do it? It's interesting. Even although, you know, I've been walking the journey a long time, I can still be trapped by things. Probably the greatest one, if I was to be honest with you, the thing that would trap me the most is fear. And it's something that is, is, you know, it can overwhelm me. And I have to keep declaring truth because truth sets me free. And it's only as I speak out and I said, do not fear for I am with you. Almighty God is with me. I don't have to be afraid. And so it's fear of all sorts of things. But that's what the enemy tries to trap me with. But he's not going to trap me. Because Jesus, the truth is that he has set me free. And I walk in freedom in relationship with him. And through the truth that he is with me. Through the truth that he is my strength. And he is with me. He will hold me up. I can keep, keep counteracting what the enemy wants to do. <laughs> so there's some things I think that block us to receiving this freedom. And I want to just look at four quickly tonight. The first one is ignorance. People just not knowing that the freedom is there. And they don't know it's available to them. You know, in our society, we're constantly bombarded with so many images and messages about how we, you know, need to do this and that. You know, we need this. We become enslaved to food and to fashion, to the television itself and to its personalities. We become enslaved to seeking adventure. We become enslaved to substances and experiences that will make us feel good. We're just bombarded with this all the time, ways to make this happen. Where are you hearing the truth about freedom and the fact that through Jesus you can be set free once and for all? And so many people live in ignorance to the offer that Christ is making to them. A second blocker is arrogance. In verse 33, the Pharisees said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Well, that's absolutely inaccurate. They had experienced slavery under empires like Assyria, Babylon, Persia, and now the Roman Empire. They had experienced slavery. But you know what their greatest slavery was? To their own sin. They thought they were good. They thought that they kept the law. And so they were good. They felt proud of their goodness, of what they did and what they didn't do. And, you know, I think today it's sad, but it's true. People get to the stage and think, you know, I don't need Jesus. I don't do anything wrong. I don't break the law. I live a good life. I'm kind to people. That's just a sense of our own pride in ourselves as being good enough. And we're not good enough. That's going to block us to receiving Jesus' freedom that comes because of what he's done for us. The third one is uh, reluctance. This is probably one of the major blockers that stops people accepting Christ's freedom. People may not be ignorant of the message. They may know that Christ offers us freedom, 
But you know what? They don't want to let go of what they're holding on to. They think that um, Christ's offer of freedom may stop them enjoying life, that they won't be able to enjoy life the way they do now if they accept what Christ is offering. And so they're reluctant to surrender their life to Jesus. I mean, have you ever heard this saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? And you do it and you think, this time it'll be different. And it never is. And we keep doing it and we keep doing it. We become attached to things and we, we know that they're not good for us, but we don't let go of them. We just keep doing it. We're thinking maybe this time it'll be different, but it never is. We don't want to let go because we really want what that is offering, but all it does is trap us and enslave us. Yet we think this time it'll be different. This time I'll have control. This time it'll be all right. I won't get hurt. I won't give in to this. I won't give in to that. And it won't happen this time, but it always does. I was reading about spider monkeys, and uh, these are little monkeys that are very popular, uh, popularly sought after in zoos all over the world. And um, a spider monkey is really very easy to capture. What happens is, is that the, a banana is placed in a jar, and um, I might put that up now, and in the jar you can see it's a sort of a, a small opening in the jar, and uh, it's just big enough for the monkey to get its hand in, so it because it can see the banana, and it loves bananas, and so it puts its hand in the jar and takes a hold of the banana. As soon as that happens, of course, this, this jar is tied securely to a tree or something, then as soon as that happens, out comes the, um, the captor and uh, just puts a bag over the monkey and takes him away, because even although the monkey knows he's going to be captured, he will not let go of the banana. All he would need to do is release the banana, take his hand out, and he could escape. But he doesn't, and he gets captured. Now, you would think, why doesn't he just let go? It's pretty simple. He could find another banana somewhere else. You know, it's a pretty stupid monkey that he refuses to let go, and he knows he's going to be captured. But I think, what are we holding on in our lives that we won't let go of? What are we doing? And it's keeping us captive. And we won't let go. And we know that we're going to be in this bad situation as a result of it. And yet, we keep holding on and we won't let go. I think that Jesus would think sometimes we're like that monkey. We're so attached to things and a people that we have, or we're so hungry for things and people that we want that we can't let go, even if it costs us our own freedom. So I think that's a block of freedom, don't you? Unwillingness to let go. And the final one, I think, is complacency. We just get used to being how we are, and we think, oh, we'll live like that. That'll do. I was so talking to a friend who lives in the country and and they have carnivals in the country and they take their children and they're taking that he was taking his daughter and um and they would you know like get tickets and or try and win something and then they get some tickets and you could take it over and the tickets were always you know um the prizes were always on the bottom shelf so they were they were sort of really like they were prizes but they weren't great this day, she was uh, very excited because she'd won something and, and she had a ticket that enabled her to take the prize from the top shelf. And that's where all the great prizes were. And she was so excited that she said, I don't have to 
choose all the bad prizes anymore. I can take one from the top shelf and get the best prize. And you know, in this teaching here, Jesus is saying, if you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. And he says, you will be free indeed. Not just a little bit free, if there's such a thing, but free indeed. That means completely, absolutely, not being able to be caught again. And so he said, if you will know the truth, you will be completely free You know, we can sometimes think we get a bit of freedom by saying, well, I'll go to church and I'll give some money and I'll make sure I go at Christmas and Easter. And that's great. We feel good about that and we get a degree of freedom. But I think that's settling for the bottom shelf. What God wants with us is a relationship, a relationship every day. So that when these things come and we feel overwhelmed, we, can, we have this relationship with God Almighty whom we can cry out to him and he is there to answer. He is immediately there because he has said, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's the relationship we have. We don't want to settle for just, you know, a bit of this, a bit of church, a bit of something, a bit of prayer, a bit of something else. That's just bottom shelf. Let's not complacently settle for that and think, I can live the rest by myself. I can go out of here tonight and then live the rest of Monday to Saturday the way I want to live and do what I want to do. In the end, you'll come back next week and this won't be enough. And But what Jesus is offering is he wants us to be free indeed, completely, absolutely, 100% free. And he, that's the top shelf. That's the best And he's made the way for us. All we have to do is know the truth that comes about who Jesus is and what he's done to set us free. And we will be free indeed. So in bringing this to a conclusion, there's a process for this. And uh, this is a process in in the, that if, then. You know, if you do this, then you'll get this. Now, often that sounds very legalistic, and this isn't. This is not if you go to church every and only miss twice a year, if you give out of, the, you know, out of your income, and if you do this, and if you, then I will set you free. He doesn't, that's, not, that's not what he's saying. Jesus' if-then process, or the way he works, is an invitation. It's an invitation to us. He says, if you will know the truth... In other words, if you come to me and you seek me, you abide in me, one of the versions says, if you abide in my word, that means to abide is like, the word abide comes from the word, um, let me look it up here, it's down here a bit, meno, which means home. So he says, come home to me, don't go wandering off trying to find what you're looking for, stay with me, remain with me. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You know, we are free. We are absolutely free to, um, for instance, if we want to watch the sunrise, we're free to watch it, aren't we? If we get up early enough and if we face east, then we'll see the sunrise. But if we sleep in late and we turn west, we're not going to see the sunrise. Does that change? We're still free to do it, but we don't do it. 
Christ is saying, if you abide with me, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what he wants. He wants you to remain with him, not go wandering off looking somewhere else for it. Stay with him. Listen to what he has to say. As you speak out in your life, as you remember and read and repeat what he's saying to you, you will remain free. Don't look for, you know, people go for self-help programs. They, they turn on Dr. Phil or Oprah or someone else and try to find answers in these sorts of things. Look at other, other faiths. The only way, the only way to freedom is Jesus. He is the way. The truth through him will set us free indeed. So tonight, I just want to ask you to, to just for a moment pause and think, what is stopping me from experiencing freedom? If you're walking in a close relationship with Jesus and you're enjoying that, then thank him for it. If it's something that you think, I really want, but I keep seeming to fall back all the time, and like that battle that Paul was talking about, this tug of war, then Jesus is saying to you today, I want to set you completely free. Not just free a bit, completely free. And so I'm going to ask everyone if they just bow their heads and close their eyes. Just let's just take a, a moment and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to our hearts. God sees everywhere you've gone. He sees everything you've done. Everyone who's impacted your life and everyone whose life you've impacted. Everything you've experienced. He knows it all. He knows your efforts to try and be the person that God wants it to be. But sometimes it seems that in some ways you often hit a dead end. Maybe broken dreams or broken promises. But today Jesus wants to make you a promise. He says, I am the only one, the only one who can set you free and be sure that you're free for real. And if tonight you want to experience that freedom, maybe it's the first time you've ever experienced being set free by Christ. Maybe you're in a place where you say, I, I'm tired of living in this bondage. I want to be free indeed. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. Just all, all eyes are closed. And if you want to be free, if you want to be set free by Jesus, then raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you so that you can walk in fellowship with Jesus, so that you can walk in freedom of body, mind and spirit because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Dear God, our Father, tonight you see every hand that is raised. You know the heart of every one of those people. You know their struggles. And right now, Lord, I'm asking you to reach in and to reveal yourself to them the truth of who you are in such a way they can't miss it. I ask you, Lord, to show them yourself. I ask you, Lord, to show them that in relationship with you, you will walk with them into victory every day. And I pray, God, that your powerful presence, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, will be at work in their hearts to bring victory 
every moment of every day. I pray blessing over each of them, Lord, and I know that as they walk with you, as they seek your truth and what your word says about about their lives, and they speak that out, that they are going to walk in victory and freedom every day. We thank you, Lord, for your promise, and we thank you that you deliver us moment by moment as we trust in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.